The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today, I'm thrilled to have my friend, Robin Ziegler, who's the founder and CEO of Mural Real Estate Partners, as my guest today. Robin, how are you? I am well. Thank you, John, and thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, it's so great to have you on, and there's so many topics I want to get to. I, w- I want to start first off is that among your other many successes and leadership roles you've had in life, you're a trustee with ICSE, and I'm just sort of curious, big picture, uh, how are you feeling about the retail real estate market across the country? You know, I actually feel really good about it. Um, you know, I have worked the balance of my career in in real estate, or in retail real estate specifically, um, starting from asset managing uh, super regional and regional uh, shopping malls throughout the country and then transitioning into grocery anchored shopping center retail. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I, I feel about retail is that it's always very um, resilient to, to market conditions. And I think the time we're sitting in now is no different. I mean, obviously, when you read the newspaper and watch the news, um, and even sit in any um, kind of capital markets meetings, retail is not necessarily the favored class. Um, but the reality is, is retail provides necessity goods and services to our community at large. And I think the pandemic showed us that better than than any study could have, which is that in the midst of a global pandemic, people were still going to the grocery stores, lining up, queuing around the corners. Um, and they also had a desire to be together, commune, sit outside, eat, go to restaurants. There was just this real desire for people to be together. And I think that kind of bodes well for the longevity of retail. Um, you know, I would not personally want to be invested in enclosed malls right now, but I think grocery anchored shopping centers and um, and open air type shopping centers are actually doing really well. And as you, as a trustee, you know, when you kind of uh, listen to how the um, CEOs of these major retailers and retail landlords are faring as compared to what you hear. Um, on the news, it's not necessarily in alignment. And I think sometimes it takes the capital markets a little bit to catch up. Um, but that being said, that necessity-based type of, of retail, I think, has, has longevity. And I think, I think we have, uh, we've seen that through, through the latest kind of market cycle. So one of the things I, I hear you saying is that um, you could have two individuals, and individual number one is like doing yoga every day and they're eating lots of vegetables. They eat kale for some reason. I don't know why anyone would eat kale, but they eat kale. <laughs> and um, they do all the things you're supposed to do. They floss, they drink a gallon of water a day. They do all those things, right? And then they, but that they sit at their home and they order things off of Amazon. That's how they live. And then a uh, number two person, you know, they don't exercise as much. They don't always eat as great, um, but they get out of their house and they go see people yeah. and they meet people um, for coffee or they, they go someplace and they have interactions. And I think that one of the things we learn is that between person A and person B, person B will live longer and they'll live longer and happier. 
right? So, Mm -hmm. um, and again, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to overly denounce kale, although I could do a whole show on it. (laughs) (laughs) What I am saying is that you're, you're really pushing to that. One of the things COVID taught us that is to be healthy, full, complete humans. It's part of our DNA. We've got to get out and got to interact with people and great retailers and great retail properties that promote that are going to continue to do well. Did I, did I get it right? That that's absolutely right. And you know, as when you look at the retailers that sustained themselves through the pandemic and even came out on the other side stronger versus those that, that you know, closed or had trouble, one, I would submit, and I, I think it's, it's, there's a lot of folks that would agree with me that, you know, those retailers were headed towards, uh, headed towards the end in any case, pandemic or no. Right. Um, but, the, but the retailers who understand how to navigate the distribution channels to their consumer have experiential type uh, have experiential type experiences within their brick and mortar um, have figured out kind of the curbside pickup and and how to deal with online returns and how to make sure they're continuing to connect with their consumer in this kind of new uh, social media age. Those are the those are the retailers that are continuing to do well and they continue to adapt as as our, you know, market ebbs and flows um, throughout the years. And so, and at the crux of that, to your earlier point, is experience and, you know, people needing and wanting to commune together. Um, You know, I think it's kind of at the core of our DNA, particularly for person B. And I think what it has shown is that the majority of our country is person B or has elements of person B in them. Right. That's crucial. Tell tell us, um, what are you up today? You've got this new company that you founded. You're the CEO of. Tell me, tell me about Mural Real Estate Partners. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that Mural is actually an acronym, um, which stands for Mixed Use Revitalization Approached Locally, um, and that's kind of at the crux of of our business. So we launched Mural really to focus on creating mixed use redevelopments and neighborhoods in underserved and emerging markets throughout the country. Um, And it really is to kind of tap into that notion of there are a lot of areas in this country where they are, that have a high demand, they're way, way undersupplied in quality goods and services and in affordable um, housing. And, And so what we do is really focus on those markets. A lot of them are on what I call the the other side of perception, where you have an emerging market or a CBD area that is thriving, you have lots of retail, lots of apartments, lots of activity, um, and then you cross a bridge, a highway, a street, a railroad track, and the capitalization falls off a cliff, primarily because of the perception of the area across that barrier. Um, and what we what we endeavor to do is to pull that economic vibrancy across that barrier and continue to invest on the other side of it. Most of our mixed use developments are ground floor retail with residential above. And generally speaking, we like to do mixed income residential that has a component of affordable workforce and market rate at various levels of AMI so that you have a lot of different income levels living together in a community to really create long-term economic empowerment. That so really, that's what, uh-huh. that's at the crux of, of what we're doing. So first off, I love the name. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's, that's the best real estate company name in the history of the planet. Uh, it beats mine and everyone I've ever been associated with. It's fantastic. The second thing is I love what you're doing. It's funny. I was recently in um, Palm Beach, um, 
uh, for a trip. And my daughter's a student at Palm Beach Atlantic University. We were down there. And um, I went to high school in West Palm Beach. And I was just driving for, through the sort of the western part of West Palm Beach. I was just thinking that it feels like a lot of areas in there are ready for exactly what you're talking about. Other side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of vibrancy. And there's a lot of good things going on there. So it seems right. like there's lots of potential deals for you. But they also sound like they're probably pretty complicated. They are. Um, and luckily, kind of coming out of public company experience and building, you know, large mixed use projects and overseeing those in those in those public company uh, structures, we're used to complexity. Um, but there's no doubt that, you know, kind of every deal we look at, it, it has it's, it's, a, it's a full box of complexity to, to unpack, whether it is you know, making sure the infrastructure is there, making sure the pro- appropriate entitlements are there, working with the community group, and then going larger out to, you know, most of these deals require some form of subsidy, whether it's TIF, LIHTC, bonds, um, grants, you name it, um, and putting together those complicated um, uh, uh, equity debt stacks in order to make the, the deal pencil. But I think the moral of the story is, after you get through that complexity, the deals actually do pencil and you have, you know, strong risk adjusted returns. And you are also at the same time being able to revitalize a community. And so I will say it's not for the faint of heart, um, but, you know, we've had a lot of experience kind of doing this type of work um, and being able to deploy that experience in areas that really can be transformative for generations is, you know, it's meaningful work to me. Um, and, and so we're, we're working very hard, but, but, but kind of enjoying how, how it's all kind of coming together. It's funny, Robin, it also sounds like it's not for the faint of wallet either. I mean, it sounds like, you know, (laughs) uh, but it's, it is a big deal. I love it. I love everything about what you're doing and I'm so supportive of it and want to, want to find ways for us to do business together. We need to take a quick break, quick break, and then we'll all be right back here with Robin Ziegler. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. Once again, here's John Crossman. And we're back at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition with my good friend, Robin Ziegler, who's a founder and CEO of Mural Real Estate Partners. And Robin, tell us again what Mural stands for. I want to hear that one more time. <laughs> Mixed use revitalization approached locally. Oh, that's awesome. The work you're doing, it's so relevant and so important and uh, excited to keep hearing about uh, where this all takes you. Um, with that in mind, I want to talk a little bit about, um, leadership. You know, you have spent, mm-hmm. um, a lot of your career in the, in the C-suite space. And of course, prior to that, you were reporting to people in the C-suite space. Mm-hmm. And so 
I'm just curious to get your perspective on what do you see as the most important traits for people who are, are in CEO or CEO type positions? Yeah. So I think one of the, one of the first major components is making sure that as a CEO, you, you yourself have a very clear vision and direction of what you want, where you're going and where you're taking the company. And that that vision direction and those goals are communicated very clearly to your team and to your staff so that to a person, if someone were to ask them, where are we going, what are we doing, and how are we getting there, everyone, A, knows the answer to that question, and B, they're all saying the same thing. Um, I think that's a very important starting place so that everyone is kind of symbiotic as far as how they're working together and that they understand the mission. Um, and as part and parcel of that, one of the things I've always tried to do is to explain the why behind decisions, direction, guidance that, that's being given so that people are very clear about not only what the direction is, but there are decisions that you make as a leader that may not be altogether clear to the people that have to actually execute on it as to why and how that's part of the requisite vision. And so I think that kind of communication regularly um, is, is very important. I think the other thing is, I think part of, of my success in leadership is there's, there's no question that, that, you know, I'm demanding, I'm exacting, there's, you know, I just, there's, there's, you know, there's, I want it the way I want it and I want it when I want it. But I also try to make sure that the folks that work for me understand that just as I expect them to have my back, that I have theirs too. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have that kind of relationship, and it doesn't even have to be a personal relationship in any way, but just that people feel like they're being heard, that they're being understood, that's how I think you really get the most out of your team and out of your staff. And so that, again, you are seen as a leader um, and can operate effectively as a leader because you have, you know, quote unquote followers. Um, and so I think, I think that's important, particularly again, now kind of talking about how we come out post pandemic and, you know, younger generation, I think they have a different mindset about work-life balance and all those types of things. Um, it's even more important for, for some of those folks to really kind of for them to make sure to for them to feel like they are a part of something bigger than themselves, um, I think that's an important part of of leadership in general, and particularly with this younger generation, that seems to be something that really um, speaks to them. Um, now, how you get them to come to work five days a week and all that kind of stuff, I don't have an answer for that. But but I think <laughs> it's all um, but I think it's all kind of uh, related to you know. When I was younger in my career, it was all about the work, the product, who was getting it done the best and the fastest. And I think now success and the definition of success has widened for a lot of people. And so you have to kind of be aware of that. And as a leader, make sure you're speaking to all the aspects of kind of how people view their world. I, uh, you know, I've tried like crazy to pour into my daughters and, um, you know, Sometimes they want to be poured into, sometimes they don't. That's okay. You know, you're trying mm -hmm. to help them out. But one of the things I really talked about is the importance of asking the question, you know, what can I do for you? And boy, mm -hmm. um, they've gotten into that. One's in college, one's in here in high school. And, and the, the older one particular has told me how many times she's met with professors and then the meeting, she says, well, what, what can I do for you? 
And of course, most mm-hmm. common response she gets back, and because it's the most common response I've gotten back in my career is, wow, no one's ever asked that, right? Right. And so trying to, that's when I hear you talking about like, you know, you know, of course you as a leader, you're giving direction to these people, but you're also saying that they need to make sure they're feeling heard too. So it's the balancing. Yeah. And a lot of times in life, it's not balanced. And so you're trying to balance it out. Did, did I get that right? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, the, it's, it's, it's really important, I think, in order to set the tone for the organization that there is this feeling of team and feeling, and people feeling heard, and that it's not just kind of lip service, but that it's, it's real and that, you know, people really feel it. Um, and I think that's what, you know, makes a difference. I, I knew a leader one time and he told me that um, his favorite employee, he named his favorite employee and he said, I love this employee because they do exactly what I tell them to do. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, that's really bad on both sides, right? Like there's right, a lot not right. going right. And I was telling my wife this story and my wife was like, well, isn't that good that they're doing? It? I said, yeah, but I'm like, you're not really developing a human being there. It's like assuming that right. one's always wrong and one's always right. So I have an employee that I gave an assignment to and I try to give her the concept. And here's what's funny is, what she came back with was better than I instructed her to do, right? Because right. Yeah. she added things to it from her own skill set and worldview because she also has value, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and I think that's exactly right. It's like in order to really grow an organization and particularly now, you know, I've gone from kind of C-suite in a public company with lots of employees to a smaller uh, a smaller company with five employees. And so it's like, you really are like, you know, everyone has to have a Swiss army knife. Um, and, you know, I'm asking people to do things they have never done before. And they're looking at me half crazy. And I'm like, you can do this. It's going to be okay. Um, but it, it really does, <coughs> excuse me. It really does require like allowing people's skill sets to flourish and, you know, I want people to disagree with me. You know, I may not have all the best ideas. Now I may hear what you have to say and and still decide to do something different, but I want to hear all those various perspectives. I want to hear the truth. I don't want you to just tell me what you think I want to hear because I think that's how we make the company more successful. Um, and that's honestly how we also, um, you know, prevent mistakes because oftentimes, the people who are in the trenches doing, you know, doing the hard work every day, they see things that you may not as a CEO, or you have people in your team that are hiding things from you because they don't want to give you bad news. And so I try to always make it very open as far as I want you to tell me what goes wrong almost faster than you tell me what goes right. Um, Because that's the only way that we can fix it and address it before it becomes a much larger problem. And that's how, and that is also how we grow as a company by getting all those various perspectives in. Robin, so funny. I give a lot of speeches and uh, most of the time when I ask for feedback, you know, from whoever asked me a speech, I was, oh, you did great, which is nice. So last summer, um, I took my youngest daughter with me and I gave a speech and we got done and we got in the car. As soon as the car door closed, she looked at me, she's like, dad, you did great, but you need to think about these three things. Okay. And like, Mm -hmm. she totally got on me and here's what's the cool part. She was right. Right. And it was helpful. It was really helpful. Yeah. But to your point, like it would not happen if we didn't have a trusting relationship. And I hear you as a leader trying to build that trusting relationship. Um, Robin, we're just about out of time. Um, I did want to say something. I want to speak my truth to you, which is, I'm a big fan. I think you're awesome. And I'm so excited oh, thank you. Uh, about your company and your future. And you're a graduate of the Florida A&M University, which I'm a big fan of. So 
uh, just yeah. thank you. Thank you for all you're doing to make the industry a better place. And uh, I appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed having, uh, enjoyed you having me. I enjoyed doing this um, and, you know, look forward to doing some work together in the future. I'm excited about that. We're going to take a quick break and then be back with our final segment. Again, we've had Robin Zingler, the founder and CEO of Mural Real Estate Partners, uh, really one of the most exciting up-and-coming real estate companies in America. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. Once again, here's John Crossman. This is John Crossman. I'm back actually with Mike Gillen. Mike, nice to see you. Hey, my friend. That was a fun interview. Oh, my gosh. Is she not impressive? Yeah, she's very much so. You know, it, it, I said it, it, you know, every time she answered a question, she was so deep, right? There was so much information. There was so much wisdom. It was like I'm writing notes feverishly because she said so much in such a little time. You know, it strikes me that these interviews you're having with these CEOs, this is the kind of material that you would learn if you were going to a seminar on right. leadership. I mean, that's what they're giving. Yeah, it's just such phenomenal stuff. I'm so thankful for it. I One of the things that she talked about was, you know, when I was asking her about traits of CEO, she said that clear vision and direction. Right. And that sounds so simple, but man, uh, uh, my family and I were recently, we were stopping on traveling and we went to a fast food restaurant, you know, like a rest area kind of thing. And it was a fast food place. It took 20 minutes to get our food, 20 uh, minutes. Yeah. And I was looking at the staff and I'm like, they don't have clear vision. <laughs> like right. they don't, there's not a clarity to it, right? You know, and that has been the case often since the pandemic. Right, right. So when she was saying that, it seems so simple, uh, but there's a reality to it. Right. And you can take it for granted that all of your staff really understands what the mission is. Right. What is the vision that there's clarity? But man, if you're not on it every day and reinforcing it, it can get lost very quickly. I agree. And you know, one of the things that she talked about was the importance that the pandemic taught us, speaking of that, of being together mm -hmm. and developing that kind of a culture in the workplace. That's really important. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, one of our earlier guests was Craig Osler. And Craig Osler has said that over the last, you know, 50 years or so, we've done retail wrong and that all throughout man, the dawn of man, like retail, residential, office, medical was all together. Education and religion was all together. And then in the 1950s, we started developing them all and putting retail in one part of town, industrial in one part of town, breaking it all up. But that really goes against our kind of natural way we work, right? And so when she's talking about her concept and for these, you know, the mixed use and, and creating on the other side of tracks, mixed use, uh, residential, retail, and bringing it all together... Mm -hmm. That super makes sense. It right? really does. You know, I, I know you've developed so many places and her thought about malls not being as popular right now as open air uh, facilities like what you've built over mm -hmm. the years. Well, you know, it's the stuff I've done has been, you know, what I compared to what she's doing. My stuff is easy, right? Mine's kind of like, you know, way one dimensional in the sense that it's, it's strip, it's retail, it's a Publix, it's other stuff like that. You know, she's talking about going into maybe an old mall or a power center and taking a, I mean, a former um, Bed Bath & Beyond box or something mm -hmm. like that, a former Sears box, leveling it and then putting retail on the first floor and then, you know, housing on top of it, right? Like 
it's really, and by the way, those kind of projects are really good for the retail because you have built in customers. Right. You know, but I mean, when I was, I wasn't joking when I made that statement, it's not for the fan of wallet. It's, it's, they're expensive and they're complicated, but they're needed. Right. Right. And it's, it's kind of the next evolution's the next step. What and did you think about her acronym for the name of her company? I thought that was genius. You know, it's funny. I love the name. I mean, yeah. I just thought in general, when I think mural, you know, there's a lot of like, you think about artistic sure. and outside. I mean, I love the name in general. I love the name. And then to learn of that, you know, it's an acronym mm-hmm. and, and then it's, it completely explains. It goes back to that clarity, right? Like, you know, you might think, hey, is she doing this kind of project or that kind of project? No, she's doing the specific kind of project. And she's keeping you, you, the, the person who's learning about her focused on what to think of her. You know, sometimes when I talk to young people and I say, what area of real estate are you thinking about? And they're like, oh, I'll do anything. Well, when you're too broad, it goes to nothing. She's very, mm-hmm. very focused. Right. So I don't know, man. I, I've been impressed with her for many years. I've been following her career and she's been a real mentor of mine for a long time. And let's see what she's doing now. Uh, it's, it's generationally impactful what she's doing. So it's really awesome. So Mike Gillen, thanks for being with me here. You've got it, my friend. On the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition, and looking forward to the next one. This has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.